0: Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data podcast. So, this week I have with me a returning guest. This is a guy who came on, and I think it was about episode three, um, and he talked about his chiropractics and things like that. And the last we heard, he was about to go on a trip to Africa. Um well, now he's back and it's time for him to share some of his amazing stories from going on that trip along with a few other things. And uh, I'm really excited to have him back on. This was an amazing talk that we had. So we got Dr. Joran Whitley. And if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get the show on the road.
1: If you give a dad a
2: podcast. Hey, Dad!
1: Get back in your car. Go. <laughs> Get out of here. You can't be here. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so.
2: <laughs> Seriously? Just
0: for the, you know, the, the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, she said he looked like an old piece of leather.
2: Oh <laughs> Wow.
0: Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows, and I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro. I just remember because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes,
2: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> What?
0: Okay, before I get started, you ever had a design in mind and you wanted to put it on a shirt or a hat or a cup, but you just didn't know who to go to? Well, come on over to R&L Designs, where they make all of your custom needs come true. They make custom hats, they make custom shirts, they make custom mugs. They even do the tumblers and the glass mugs as well. They do key fobs even. They have great prices and they have a reasonable turnaround time. If you need anything custom, these are the people that you need to hit up today. You can find them on Facebook and that is at R&L Designs. You can also find them on Instagram at r and designs 19 They have a Facebook page, they have an Instagram page. They update it regularly with new products. You can also message them if you have something in mind. Hit them up today for all of your custom needs. Give them a like, give them a follow. All right, everybody. So. I have with me today a returning guest. This is somebody that uh, you guys have been asking to come back. The last time that we had him on here, he was talking about a trip that he took, that he was going to be taking to Africa. Now he is back and he's here to talk about that and many other things. The guy that I'm talking about is Dr. Jorn Whitley. Uh, man, how are you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing fantastic glad to be back uh, stateside. I've been back for, uh, I think, a little over a month and a half, two months, something like that. But uh, it's still,
0: it's amazing to be back. Right on. I'm sure your wife and everybody missed you a lot. Yeah, yeah.
1: I <laughs> uh, I had um, her missing me. The dog kind of freaked out going, I-, I don't remember who you are. My patients were definitely glad to have me back. And yeah. uh, it was good to just be I don't know, being able to work on animals that I didn't feel like were about to kill me. You know, every <laughs> second that I was working on them. So
0: I bet that was uh very nerve wracking. Probably you had a lot of adrenaline rushes while you were there.
1: Oh yeah. I mean there was a there was a time I was working on a lion and you know it started to wake up or um you know, I'm working on this zebra and uh you know we're transporting from from uh, truck to truck and and one of them starts to wake up and goes thrashing around uh in the back of this truck. I mean just insane stuff. Oh wow. You know animals getting heli- darted by helicopter and and us rushing into the bush to go find them and Yeah man, it was it was a good time. Lots of lots of adrenaline.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. So when was it that you went there exactly and how long did you actually stay there?
1: Man, I even I've even forgotten when I went. Um I believe I went sometime And at the end of April, beginning of May, um, Mm -hmm. I got back sometime in May. Um, Yeah, so I think it was like April 20th. I was gone for 17 days total. It was a very long trip there. It took three days, over three days to get there. um, Mm -hmm. Because of the changes in time and when, you know, airplanes take off from different um, airports, we started the journey. It was me and and a videographer and a producer. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we took off from Oklahoma City and we flew into I believe it was houston so we flew down to houston and then from there we traveled over to newark and into new york and then uh from there we had to we got on a plane and we flew all the way down to johannesburg south africa and then from there we ended up having to stay overnight in johannesburg just because there was no flights going out to where we were going until the next day so we had to stay there a night which gave us a chance to kind of see johannesburg and eat some really good food and and then we finally got to where we were going but it was like three straight days but then yeah it was 17 days of of uh you know being in the african bush or being you know in a in a town where i mean you know nobody and and there's so many different languages being spoken and i mean english was a a primary language there but Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a different world um i don't want to say third world but it, it really was uh i mean in different aspects i mean absolutely gorgeous gorgeous though yeah the coastline was amazing and the the um the terrain was like something a mix of, like Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas and Missouri, and and also like Colorado. I mean, it was just it was just different. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. I don't know. We could we could talk about so much.
0: <laughs> well, I did see some of the pictures that you posted from when you was there, and it definitely did look beautiful and awe inspiring almost. You know, with some of those that you posted, and uh, yeah, I, it was it was really nice to see. How many different animals did you actually work on while you were there? And what kinds of different ones did you do?
1: Oh, man, I, I couldn't, I, I don't know how many different animals, like different types of animals. Like I'll have the top of my head that I can think about that. I worked on that, but I mean, there were different kinds or species of Impala. So it was like, mm-hmm. it'd be like a black Impala and a white Impala. And so there were all these different types of, you know, one type of animal too. So I worked on a zebra, a giraffe, a lion, a Cape Buffalo, um, an Impala, Man, that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I know there were some other ones, but I just can't remember what they were. Okay. Uh, and I know that sounds that sounds weird, but it's like, <laughs> you know, here, if, you, if I said, OK, here are a ton of different kinds of cars and you have to name them all. Right. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to remember every single one. And, and that's when you go over there, there are so many different types of animals that you we've never even heard of. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff you would see in the zoo. But it's like that that animal that you pass by in the zoo and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just one of those. Oh. things and you and you keep going it was like that but we were we would drive and see i mean it, it was like i can't say deer because we don't see that many deer compared to the amount of animals that we saw there i mean we saw right. it'd be like cattle you know you're driving down the street down the, down the road in in central oklahoma or or parts of arkansas and you see like cattle on the side of the road mm-hmm. it was like that with their wildlife uh oh, there wow. were all of these big um what were they called like, i don't remember uh a a Bonta bucks and, and, and all these like weird sounding little named animals, Mm -hmm. uh, they were everywhere. And so whenever we darted one, um, I'd get a chance. I could work on one or, or, um, depending on the situation, I got to work on different animals. I worked on a water mongoose
2: at one point.
1: Um, that was at the zoo. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a different, a different thing too. I mean, we were in so many different locations and places, but I got to, I got to see animals in a completely different way than we do here in the states you know it's like oh hey look there's a giraffe from far off and i'm you know running over to to uh you know put a blindfold on one after it's been darted and it hit the ground you know just different (laughs) uh completely different experience than than what you would normally get you know here in the states or or at a zoo in general or a wildlife safari or whatever but man i I couldn't tell you how many i worked on um Uh or, or all the different kinds but i worked on
0: quite a few so I'm guessing that the giraffe took the longest because it has that long neck.
1: Yeah, no, the giraffe was actually, the giraffe was actually the fastest because the the difference between all the different animals, uh, we we had, you know, the lion that, that was sedated and we had the, you know, Cape Buffalo that was sedated and both dangerous animals. Right. The giraffe, the way its body is designed, it, whenever it gets darted, uh, it, it's being tranquilized. It whenever it goes down there is a certain period of time before you have to get it back standing up or it will actually die from um basically uh, hypoxia yeah so it doesn't get enough oxygen back to its brain because of the way it's laying down and so oh wow uh, especially with the medication and so yeah so as soon as this animal goes down like you have to run over and the vet has to then inject it with something to to reverse the medication it gave it so Mm we had to run over to it and we had to put blindfolds on it and we had to put um things in its ears to to basically get rid of um any stimulus like auditory or yeah sensory sensory deprivation type thing to, Uh to make it calm down well uh as soon as it's given that animal is up on its feet and so we had one that was down and i was able to work on it because it had an issue in its neck and so anyway i was able to work on it but i was able to work on it very quickly before it stood up and so i didn't get a chance to really spend time on it it would have been really really cool to do so but i didn't get that chance there just because of the how fast things had to be done and also man those things are dangerous uh we were there we we had darted two
3: Uh
1: and the first one went down you know we run over to it and we ran around this corner and the first thing we see are its legs and then the the guy behind him uh, that, that was already starting to, to put the blindfold and on. He's like, get back, get back. And that, that giraffe kicked and hit oh. the tree next to us. Okay. And that tree, the bark popped off of it.
0: Good lord. <laughs> like, uh-uh.
1: Yeah, it, wow. it was it was scary. Yeah. And they were saying that um, the giraffe, whenever they kick, I mean, they'll, they'll I mean, they can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have these um, ossicones on top of their head, basically these little bony knot structures on top of their head that they use for fighting. Okay. And they were yeah they were saying that you know in the past whenever they were doing this there was somebody for whatever reason that draft came around and hit somebody with one of those and shattered their skull oh. so it was uh yeah it was just one of those like we had to be extremely careful around them what's crazy is earlier in the trip before we ever got to do this uh we actually got to encounter a friendly kind of domesticated giraffe uh, it was basically a giraffe that had been in abandoned as a baby and something to do with poachers had, had killed its mom or something and so it was raised by these people and because it was raised uh by humans and all it became very accustomed to them and and although he's still a wild animal he just doesn't see humans as a threat and so he'll walk up and you know be be super kind and all that and you could feed him and
3: mm-hmm.
1: and all that but you are you are standing right in front of him and they're like okay we'll watch out you know we don't ever get near his feet we don't make sudden movements all that stuff well the guy that's that's filming me, he's got my my phone attached to the top of his camera. And he he does something beside this giraffe and the giraffe doesn't like it and it kicks, hits my phone and shatters the back of my phone. Oh wow. Like just Dude. annihilated the back of my phone. <laughs> and I kept it. I had to get a new phone when I got back, but I kept it uh just as a uh it's a
0: souvenir, well, man. Just
1: a, yeah, just like a souvenir, like man. So whenever I walked into 18 he was like, "Yeah, I need to get a phone." And they're like, "Wow, what happened?" I was like, "Yeah, a giraffe kicked it." They're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, a giraffe, a giraffe kicked my phone, and that's why I'm I'm needing to get a new one. And they're like, "I'm sorry, repeat that and why?" And uh, <laughs> they're like,
3: yeah, "Man, so come on was, now,
0: tell us what really happened here."
1: <laughs> yeah, like okay, okay, you ran it over the car, and I'm like, "No, here's a <laughs> video," and I've actually got video because we're you know we're filming and right. we get kicked right, so you don't we don't see the you don't see the actual kick because of the way the camera angle, but you see like you're we're sitting there next to the giraffe and all of a sudden the phone goes crack <laughs> and it hits the ground. um You know, it's just it, it was a, a really cool experience. Yeah, I don't know. We we I mean, there were so many different things, man. We darted a lion, and well, I don't know. I'm going off on tangents. I could get into uh, just just ranting, raving.
0: You're good. But, you know, and. That's something I would have never thought of uh, when you were talking about how you had to pretty much almost get it up immediately because of the lack of oxygen that we get. You know, that's not something that I would even think of, you know. So, I mean, there is a lot of training with what you did and everything that has to go into being able to go over there and do this. And I'm sure it helps with you having your experience and learning how to do the large animal chiropractics and things like that. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that helped a lot. But my goodness, just knowing the human body and then animals on top of that. And now these exotic animals as well. That's insane.
1: Oh, yeah. And and what's crazy is it it seems that, you know, all these different animals that I worked on before going to Africa, it was kind of like I felt like, I don't know, God was probably preparing me for uh, kind of what I was going to be doing because i worked on uh, right before I went, uh, to Africa or not necessarily right before, but in the months leading up to it, i worked on like an alpaca, right? Okay. So this, this animal with a longer neck, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to get used to working on that. Um, I worked on a bucking bull and so okay. I had to get used to working on these big animals that I was going to be working on from, for on top of them yeah. that are also just huge in muscle mass. And right. like, there were just these little things that just, I felt like were pre- preparation for this kind of journey that we were on. It, it was uh, it was really cool. I mean, it was some really cool stuff that we saw. I mean, there was a lot that we learned. There was a lot that we saw, you know, in terms of economy. And we saw things with, you know, politics and, and so many other things. Because we were there for so long, we started getting uh, accustomed or used to. Like, we started to learn about just life there. Right. And it was really, really interesting. We also learned, I also, I got kind of got an understanding of how how different the United States, like how we feel in the United States uh, about things or how we have like an Americanized version of things. Like mm-hmm. uh, while we were there, we were there, um, you know, we saw all these hunting ranches, right? And so we actually stayed at this hunting lodge and it was the center for this game capture program. Um, game capture was for a ton of different reasons. You know, they moved, we moved animals because maybe in a certain area there mm-hmm. were only so many males. And so they were starting to like try to inbreed. And so they had to move nice. the males off To allow new males to come in so that the population can grow and not be inbred or um yeah or or like an animal or like a a population maybe getting too large Uh and a certain piece of property can't sustain them yeah so it's like maybe law requires that you can only have so many animals per over there it's called hectares not acres uh Uh and it's a different form of math but you know so many hectares can only have so many animals on it and so they had to be moved or whatever but uh the americanized version of you know um you know how we see animals right. uh was completely different than over there where they saw them as food you know this uh or or uh, livestock or whatever and that when we went to the zoo uh you know the zoo over there is nothing like a zoo here the zoo so, here is all about education
0: so there was a zoo there okay i thought i heard you say that a minute there was ago. yeah
1: yeah yeah there was there was a a single zoo and uh-huh. um man it's, it was nothing like our american zoos because our american zoos are funded by um either private citizens or they're pro- or they're uh, funded by you know maybe city works type stuff uh-huh. the zoo over there was funded was was low i mean given very little funding for any of their stuff and so they had some of the animals that you would typically see in africa they didn't have big animals that you wouldn't necessarily see there but they had a couple animals that you would see in africa but they did have animals like a jaguar or maybe like chimpanzees maybe something you wouldn't necessarily see right there in south africa but maybe in different parts of africa right and it was just kind of amazing that when you went there like the place was kind of run down and i mean by kind i mean like really run down um there was trash everywhere and stuff and i think while we were there we only saw five people inside the zoo and it was just kind of a different atmosphere and you know i was talking to the the lead lady the the um director of the zoo And she was saying that it doesn't matter how many people come into the zoo they will not receive any more funding and they can't any of the money that comes into the zoo immediately goes back to the city the zoo gets none of it and so the zoo has to to work on um you know pennies basically and Mm -hmm. and in that uh they you know the upkeep of the animals and stuff was completely different and the people's perception of why the animals were in the zoo was also different she was saying that people come into the zoo asking what the animals taste like so really? it was like 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 the grocery store yeah like coming <laughs> up and going oh there's an animal what does that taste like can i have it to take it home and so they had to keep their tortoises that yeah, dead serious they had to keep their land tortoises their large tortoises they had to keep behind mm-hmm. uh wire because people were going up and they were trying to take them out the front door they were wow yeah they they were they saw a jaguar and they had never seen a jaguar before right so you know, in Africa, you hear about the lion, you hear about the tiger and all the stuff. Well, it uh-huh. was a jaguar. And so it was like, well, we're not used to seeing this. So they were like, we want to pet it. And so these people were reaching their hands up into the jaguar cage to try to pet the jaguar. No, well, do they that. had to put acrylic. Yeah, they had to put acrylic over it uh, uh-huh. to, to like big old, big old sheet of acrylic to make sure people wouldn't put their hands through, through the bars. <laughs> well, people were like, no, we want to pet it. So they would break out the acrylic to try to get up oh, inside yeah. to pet the jaguar, right? And I, and I just talked to the lady and I was like, you should let them. She goes, no, because as soon as somebody loses an arm, we'd, we'd get shut down.
0: Yeah, I was about and, to say, how many fingers uh, had they lost?
1: Exactly. <laughs> and there were, you know, other things like with the monkeys, right? So the yeah. chimpanzees, people were like, oh, we've never seen you Ooh, do a trick. And if they didn't do a trick, they'd throw rocks at them. Uh, well, then the chimpanzees yeah, learned man. to throw rocks back. Yeah. Yeah, they started busting people's skulls open. So yeah. they had to put a plexiglass in front of the monkeys. Just, just crazy stuff, right? So... And I know that's, like, kind of off the beaten path and of normal of, of conversation, but it was just a different atmosphere and a completely different, um, it was a completely different experience than you would get in the United States. I'll just put it that way.
0: Yeah. So I know that I've seen, like, I saw a video the other day, and I think it was in India. It was a zoo there, and somebody got too close to the orangutan cage, and he grabbed the guy's shirt because it was just, like, wrought iron bars. There was nothing else between oh, wow. him and the orangutan. And he, like, grabbed him by the shirt and ended up having his leg. And it took, like, three or four people just to get him away because that orangutan uh, had, you know, both of its hands and one of its feet just holding on to this guy there. And, yeah, you would think that there would be a little bit more of a, a safety net there <laughs> than that. So, oh, yeah. So um, I read this not too long ago. Um... The pits and stuff that we have at our zoos uh, that have that we have yeah. in between the animals. Do you know? I read that they were based off of other animals escaping. So the reason why that pit really? is as big as it is now is because they had a smaller one, but the animal jumped out. Oh wow! <laughs> and I could just imagine you know going there, being one of the people, and then all of a sudden you've got a tiger you know up there in your face. Or, you know, uh, something, a, a bear climbing up there at you or something. It You know, that that would just, that would scare me to death.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be absolutely insane. And, and what's crazy is, like, you know, we have that fear at one of our local zoos, right? But we were, we went into this lion cage, and they had, it was uh, not at the zoo, it was at this private reserve.
3: Uh-huh.
1: They had all these lions there. And whenever I say private reserve, it's not like... You know, in, in, in America, you, you if somebody has a hundred acres, they have a lot of land. We're right. talking like hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of acres. Right. The one property we were on was 66 square miles. Oh, but that's, that's insane. That yeah, is it's huge. That's yeah. yeah, massive. So some of the properties were absolutely gigantic. And so we, we went in this lion enclosure and with the lions, they are, um, over there uh you know there are a lot of farmers and there are a lot of uh families and a lot of local people so there are not in south africa there aren't a lot of wild animals running around and what i mean is there aren't a bunch of wild lions running the prairies right this is Mm -hmm. this is like a civilized ish type of area where there are fences everywhere there are people everywhere. There are little villages and, and all of these things all over South Africa. Mm -hmm. So whenever you, whenever you think of Africa, you know, you think of the Serengeti and it's not like that at all. And where, where we were at, yeah, locals would kill lions or, or cheetahs or, or any animal that was, uh, not, or any animal that could potentially pose a threat to them, their family or their livestock, they were killing. And so a, a lion would not last very long at all because of the uh, because of the, the hunting that goes on there. And I don't mean hunting as in, you know, people hunting animals for, for sport or anything like that. It's right. basically the hunting from the locals going, we're just Survival. gonna wipe them all out. Yeah. Exactly. And they wipe out a lot of the other animals too. So if you look at some of the stuff like the Impala and some of those those things, those impala are now eating the grass that their their cows need to eat or right. sheep need to eat and so they're like, okay well we can't have that animal here because that animal provides us no uh, no money it's eating our food we need to go ahead and kill it yeah. and we'll eat it because we don't want it interfering with our business right so right. so animals that that aren't on g- giant game reserves and by mm-hmm. game reserves I mean there are a lot a lot a lot of land there are lots and lots of land out there that, that's considered like a game reserve or private owned or whatnot. If it's not like that, and there aren't those animals on there, they don't exist. I mean, monkeys and stuff are everywhere. But some of those animals right. like again, lions, and, and, and giraffes and, and elephants and stuff are not running wild, uh, unless they're on a preserve or on someone's private land. Yeah, because they they wreak havoc and people kill them all. So anyway, go go back, we are on this guy's property and he has like 12 lions right in this massive massive enclosure uh-huh. and these lions are running free and all that stuff but because they have so many of them 12 lions are not allowed to be let me back up again The 66 square miles we were on there were only allowed to be three lions on 66 square miles because any more than that create a pack that will eat everything oh so on 66 square miles which is a massive piece of, I mean, that's like the size of a small town or or, I say town, like small city, Uh, small city. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's- You know, uh, that is a, that is only big enough for three lions. So if you look at some place that has 12, they have to be fed, right? So people bring carcasses in and all that stuff and they feed them and they let them be and then let them live on this big plot of land but it's not big enough for them to be let wild and sustain with all the other animals right in saying that they they are they're fed so they can live basically they're fed so that they can be they can live on these small properties so and by again by small i don't mean small at all they're huge but um so anyway what they do is they instead of letting them breed because they said they breed a lot they breed like cats i mean they 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 breed and breed and breed. And so to do that, or to prevent that, what they'll do is they'll go in and vasectomize the male lions so mm-hmm. they can breed as much as they want to. They just won't ever have, a, they won't ever have, uh, you know, cubs. Right. So they uh, they had to go in and vasectomize another lion. So we got to go with them. And while we were there, it wasn't like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna go up and, uh, you know, we're gonna dart this animal and then, you know, we just move him over. You know, it was like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we are going to go in and a truck is going to go in first and we're going to find the lions.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And then there's one specifically that we want to vasectomize and we need to dart that line. Uh-huh. And then when that lion goes down, we have exactly this much time before we have to get him back under sedation or a heavier sedation. So then it was like, it was a, it was a time against the clock kind of thing. And they uh-huh. said, when we dart the lion, what will happen is as soon as he goes to sleep, we have to drive the other cars in to circle him. So the other lions don't attack, the people picking up the lion. Oh, wow. I was like, I was like, wait, what? What was that? And they're <laughs> like, yeah, we're about to do a drill. And they looked at me and the, cam- the other camera guy and they're like, you two are going to be helped pick the lion up because you're the only like you're the strongest men in the group. So they're like, you're going to go help pick the lion up. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. They're like, yeah. So you're going to go in and, and so you're going to be in the second car and you're going to jump out and your, your camera guy is going to film all this. But you got to jump out and you have to pick the lion up. And we have to put it in the back of a truck
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then we have to and whenever we do that though all the other uh, all the other vehicles have to surround so that the lions don't don't get you and and here's the thing though is you have to remember which vehicle which vehicle you came out of and what door you came out of and and all because whenever you have to run you need to make sure you get back into that same side so that you know you don't get left right I was Just like holy crap <laughs> yeah so that's that's, that's what just happens. what you want to hear yeah exactly we go in we dart and or they dart and so you know then it's game time right so we get out of the vehicle and we go up and we're picking up this line and they are like, dude it was heavy so heavy so we pick up this line put it in the back of this truck and you know the guys filming all of a sudden it was like you hear this roar and we're like okay back in the car <laughs> and so it, it why we're in there though you hear the little girl for some reason there was a little girl that was like the the owner's granddaughter or something was in the very back seat she's like there's one to our right one to our left and this one's coming up fast and all this stuff so we're like all right you know we got back in the car and we we move over well what happens is a lot of those animals they see the car as a one as one unit Uh and so they don't see the people in the car they don't see they don't see you know it's kind of like the safari vehicles that you don't see they don't see the people in the safari vehicle they see it as one giant machine right or one giant animal yeah. and so they saw the vehicle like that and so what we did is we went through this little gated area and by gated i mean it was like an eight foot gate that was it that was what was standing between us and lions wow. we parked the vehicle and we, and we and we put the lion right next to the vehicle in the shade so that it could be worked on right so after he got done working they worked on it um, the lions were starting to get closer and closer and closer uh-huh. and they wanted to know what we were doing to their friend and the, so they started rushing the gate and you know we've got one or two guys there with guns just in case uh-huh. and they are ru- i mean bum rushing the gate like like going to get in kind of thing and there were several times where it was like okay everyone out everyone out and we had to leave this whole area uh-huh. so that we you know there, there wouldn't be an issue well we move the uh vehicle after it's been vasectomized it goes we go through the entire surgery and all that After the vehicle gets moved, the lions are now getting ballsy and they're like, okay, we see you, we see a bunch of people and we see our friend on the ground and we want him back now. And so they start, they start really rushing the gate. And then I go to work on the, it was like, okay, hurry up, work on the, you know, the lion kind of thing. So I ran in there to work on it and I start making an adjustment and I make an adjustment and the lion that I'm working on is coming out of sedation and you can hear it very low. You just hear... Oh no. And I was like, oh <laughs> snap. And I was like, oh, oh. And the lady, the, the veterinarian that's working immediately goes, everyone out, everyone out. And so everyone has to leave. And she starts to give him another injection, like something else to sedate him. Right. And because it's just like a topper to keep him sedated. Yeah. Because we hadn't gone through all of the stuff that I needed to do to him or they needed to do. And uh-huh. so once he was back sedated and the other lines were pushed back just a little bit. We were able to finish out the adjustment. I was able to bring students over and say, okay, do you feel this? Do you feel this? Do you feel the difference now? Do you feel this? Let me adjust it and then feel it. Do you feel the difference? And it was a really cool experience where I got to teach, but it was also a hair raising, just, wow, I can't believe that we did that kind of feeling. And we have it all on video, which makes it even cooler. So many different things that we uh, got to do, and we got it on video, which is absolutely amazing. But we... Uh, man, I don't know. It's just, it's just an amazing experience.
0: That is really cool. And I looked it up. 66 square miles is 42,000, um, acres. And that's the size of St. Louis, Missouri.
1: That's insane.
0: That is huge. Yeah. So
1: that's, that's one, that's, that's one place we were on, man. That that's, it was absolutely incredible. That place had, uh, giraffes and lions and, um, elephants. Mm
2: Um,
1: I had never seen a herd of elephants before in my life. It was the coolest experience. And they were also, it was also very humbling because we were, you know, we were following these elephants as they were like rushing through the trees. And you just hear, you know, the footsteps and the trees cracking. Uh I mean, they were just running these trees over like they're nothing. Yeah. And it was just, it was insane, but we got too close too. And there were some like young giraffes or not, I'm sorry, giraffes, uh, elephants. There were some younger elephants and uh, we we got a little too close to this this little vehicle, and one of the elephants turned and like kind of charged at us. And it was just an oh crap moment, like wow, <laughs> we uh we are like in the midst of it, right? And we are out here alone. Uh, but it was it was so cool. I and mean, we <laughs> what's really funny is we haven't even posted all the pictures yet. Uh-huh. We have um, we haven't post we haven't posted hardly any of the video. It's it's been it's been kind of a process to try to get you know, the right editing on some of this video to sh- truly show like what we were doing and why we were doing it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, was, it was so cool.
0: I, yeah. I mean, I can, I, I can imagine that it's, it, it does take some time, you know, because you want to make sure that what you're putting out there is, you know, that it's portraying what actually happened. That way they can see the best angle of what's going on.
1: Oh yeah. And, and we've already gotten flack for some of the stuff we have seen or shown. We, uh, we posted a video, you know, talking about the vasectomy and uh-huh. you know, why we were there and all that stuff. And immediately we got we got so much crap for it. You know, it was immediately like, look at this man and, and his team just playing God out there and, and you know, why do why do you have to vasectomize such a beautiful creature and right. why do you have to do this? And and do we've gotten so much crap for it. And instead of it being like this beautiful, like this is what's going on and this is why it's being done, uh-huh. um, people are immediately very, very upset by it. It's just lack of knowledge on the subject or again, that American mindset. We had right. a lot of, uh, a lot of people really upset with what we're doing. And, and the American mindset, we're talking about chiropractic in general, the American mindset is that chiropractic is, is fraudulent or, right? Right. or, I mean, I, I get, I get told that I'm a snake oil salesman and that what I do doesn't make a difference <laughs> in, in animal or people's lives and just all this stuff. Right. So it's like yeah. the good stuff I get to wake up to in the morning
0: just going off of my wife, I've seen her, um, she has to go to a chiropractor regularly and I've seen when she hasn't went in a while and she can barely walk. So I have to take her myself because she, her hip goes out, you know? And so, yeah, those people that say it's snake oil, you know, there's always going to be haters on the internet.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, there will always be. And it's, it's really interesting because we had, um, we had some vet students that came, actually came with us and they were, they were, they turned out to be, I mean, they were awesome, awesome people. And, but we had like a really big disagreement in the beginning of me being there because all these people, one, I, I was actually there as like an instructor, Hey, I'm, I'm going to teach you guys about animal chiropractic. I'm bringing this to the, the continent of South Africa yes, and in a, in a completely different way and doing stuff that people don't normally do and all that. And the immediate reaction was chiropractic isn't real and what you do for animals doesn't make sense, nor is it going to work. It took me being there for, I'd say a good week or so before people really started to understand and see why I was there and what I was doing. And we were able to have great conversations. And like I said, I was able to show them with the lion, like here, you know, feel this and feel this. And this is why I'm doing this now. Will this animal ever probably get chiropractic care again? No, but maybe that area of its spine was causing, it some discomfort and I was able to provide some relief right uh, we did that with the, the Cape Buffalo we had a uh, Cape Buffalo that you know it, it ended up getting darted so it could be moved and all that stuff well from the video we put a GoPro out and the video shows or, I'm sorry the GoPro was attached to the helicopter so from the helicopter we can actually see this animal running and you can see a gate issue while it's running yeah and we uh, then You know i go and i work on it and i find a spot in its mid back or its lower back that need to be adjusted Mm -hmm. and so i adjusted it and then later on i end up talking to the vet and we got this also on video where he was saying you know from the air i saw that guy running and i knew something was wrong with his gait and i was like okay well there's a correlation there i find something going on and you as a veterinarian say that you see the same thing that i see yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we got it on, on video and stuff, too, which is just, again, just showing that that there is a correlation there and there could be something that could change. So in his case, we we found that spot. We worked on it. Maybe when he wakes up, he's not going to feel as bad as he did before he went to sleep. Right. Maybe he's going to feel a little bit better. Yeah. And joints that don't move well become arthritis or become yeah. arthritic and yeah. they degenerate. So maybe it saved that joint from degenerating as fast. Right. Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It
0: can there run but a there are longer.
1: Yeah, exactly. There, there are so many different um, reasons why we do what we do. I mean, I, I remember working on a chimpanzee once, and this was here at the zoo, the chimpanzee had been beaten up by other chimpanzees. And yeah. you know, the, if you were to get into a fight, I'm pretty sure your body would hurt. Right. And But yeah. imagine a chimpanzee getting the snot kicked out of him by all these other chimpanzees for months at a time there was something going on with his body and his body was wrecked i mean this guy also had you know missing fingers and everything else and so i remember working on him and finding all this stuff going on in his neck that we were able to move maybe whenever he woke up out of sedation he was like wow this is the first time in a long time i don't feel like total crap yeah you know it just it's a, I don't know, just a different kind of mindset around it, Yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we're still, I mean, the hater thing, I mean, we still get a lot of hate now. I mean, I, I get probably more hate now than I have in a long time. Um, I have groups of veterinarians trying to get my office shut down and oh, wow. all sorts of fun stuff just cause yeah. Cause they just don't, they don't see, um, they don't see the validity behind what I do and I can show them research articles all day long, but you know, people are stubborn and
0: they're right. And they it, don't you know, want you to prove them it. wrong.
1: Right, and yeah. and there's there have been some cases where, uh, you know, I can I can show and prove that they made a difference, but people still refuse to believe, and yeah. that's fine. They don't have to believe in me. I still exist, yeah, and my office still exists, <laughs> and we're yeah. going to continue to change lives, and and that's not an issue. But but yeah, man, we, you know, you take something amazing and try to show the world something amazing. Yeah, you'll get haters for it, but overall, I think we're going to make a huge difference. Whenever we start really showing what we do you know on a global scale you know it's gonna be really really cool
0: yeah yeah i mean this is a learning tool that wasn't there before that you are now able to provide because you went over there and because you're starting to do uh, because you do the animal chiropractics before you i didn't even know that existed (laughs) so (laughs) i and whenever i started seeing you do this i was like whoa this is this is different you know what is going on and the thing is, is a lot of people, um, if they don't understand it, it goes back to anything over time that's happened. There's fear and things that people don't understand. And yeah, the thing is, is with what you do, not a lot of people understand it. You know, I had somebody who, after listening to the first episode that I had you on, was like, I never realized this. And, you know, they had a dog that, um kind of did, you were talking about one where it would kind of look to one side and it would pass out. And she yeah. was talking about how her dog would do that. And she had no idea that there was something that could have been done, you know, for, uh, for her dog. And now, you know, she has that knowledge, uh, about it, you know, oh, yeah. before she didn't. So, I mean, with what you're doing, you know, you are bringing about, knowledge to people who don't know about this and the problem comes when people don't want to learn the new learn new things they want to just this is the way things are and we don't want to change it and they feel threatened when something is new and different
1: yeah yeah i mean totally it's you know it's scary saying that um you know everything you've been told like your entire life maybe maybe there's something else to it right Um, you know, and I only mean that, you know, we're this idea that we have to take medication for every ailment and we have to, you know, put a dog down that, that can't really use its back legs like it used to, or wow, your dog is really arthritic. So we need to put it down. And and I'm not saying there are not cases for that, but there are sometimes it's like, well, you know, what have you, have you gotten it adjusted? Does it, does it, uh, does it just need to feel better? When my back is tight, you know, I feel really terrible. And yeah. after getting adjusted, I'm like, wow, I can actually move again. Now I can go enjoy life like I used to.
3: Yeah. And we have
1: dogs every day, man. That the, the owners are like, Wow, my dog is doing so much better. Uh this is the first day in months it's wagged its tail. Um, you know, my dog is starting to walk again. You know, they seem like they're back to their old self. That's that's what gets me. Yeah. Um Wow, they act like a puppy again. You know, stuff like that. It's yeah it's if I could say anything though on that I would say that I really wish people would start looking at chiropractic as is, is not so much a um, an idea of like trying to fix neck or back pain or headaches or whatever but more more like a, a way to to keep your body moving right so you don't go yeah. to the dentist just when you have cavities you go and you get your teeth cleaned to prevent mm-hmm. cavities and to, to keep your smile and all that and I, I really wish people would look at chiropractic in the same way mm-hmm. and that you know we can go and and just put a little mobility into the spine and maybe the spine will last us a little bit longer yeah uh, it's like you can have your teeth or your eyes but do you want to you want them to be at their very best because you only get one set and yeah. you know if you if you uh if you abuse it you may not entirely lose it yeah but it's just gonna really suck from you know for the rest of your life and so yeah i mean that's kind of yeah kind of my mantra but <laughs>
0: Well, and going back to one thing that you said a minute ago, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but the United States and pharmaceutical companies have made it to where we think that we have to take a pill or we have to take a drug to fix anything, that there's nothing that we can do otherwise, that medicine is the only way to fix our problems. And that's not always the case. There are other ways to fix things from time to time, chiropractics being one of those things.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I fully agree. And I I will say I, I have medical doctor friends, I have veterinarian friends, I 100% agree there's a time and place for medicine. Yeah, there's a time and place for surgery, there's a time and place for so many things. And there is a time, you know, talking about dogs, there is a time for euthanasia, there is a time for, for everything. And I get that. I mean, as a chiropractor deals with the spine, there is a time for spinal surgery. I understand that. But there is, there is a there are, it's not every time. And You know, I'd like to look at it that way rather than just living pill by pill or day by day, you know, pill to pill, right? um, Or or surgery to surgery. Uh, I want there to be an alternative, right? You know, that you can, yeah, you can live life and and instead of, I don't know, why not not change your diet? Why not, you know, do things that are going to help promote a healthier lifestyle, so that things don't wear down faster. Yeah, you know, it's like if I were if I were thinking I had to add additives to my fuel all the time when I'm putting crappy fuel in my car yeah. why not just put better fuel in my car exactly. I don't have to add all the additives you know just add better stuff and then you don't need the additives but I mean that's just I mean that's how I, I view it and I mean I know people are going to have different opinions and that's fine yeah.
3: um,
1: I don't want to go off on a I'm not going to go off on a, a holistic rant on on crystals and yeah, <laughs> you know in meditation all that stuff but what I'm saying right. is there, there's a time and place for different things and there are things that you know we don't understand that um that completely play a role in us the frequencies of of music the frequency of um sound and vibration the the uh smells of Mm -hmm. different things the i mean there are so many different things that affect us in a completely different way that we don't even understand magnetism i mean people don't realize that their body has a magnetic pole to it Mm -hmm. that there are uh there's electricity runs through your body in ways that you don't understand your body yes. has other ways of communicating rather than, than just nerves. Um, you well, know, the there, nerves there have electricity so themselves. Nerves. Oh, exactly. And there, there are so many things we don't understand. And to, to chalk it up to, I cut you open, I see all the moving parts, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't work. And, you know, some people accept it and some people won't. And some people take it and they run way the other direction with it. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that, but I, I try to do everything based on some sort of science and what's great about my profession is that uh you know like the the uh, gold standard of of uh of research is like a double blind study right uh, uh, it's a gold standard basically uh-huh. uh, a doctor doesn't know they're giving a placebo the patient doesn't know they're receiving a placebo right. or, or not maybe they're receiving the, the actual thing but the doctor doesn't know the patient doesn't know if you have yeah. a chiropractor that doesn't know he's giving an adjustment you, he shouldn't be practicing because you can't do that. And, and it's malpractice. It'd be yes. like a surgery, you know, people being like, oh, I thought I gave the surgery right. Well, I didn't. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not practice. Right. Don't do that. So with that, it's really, really hard to, to say that there is a double blind uh, gold standard to study for chiropractic, but there mm. is over a hundred years of testimonial evidence and a hundred years of anecdotal evidence. showing that chiropractic has made a difference in people's lives and i know i look at the studies sometimes and some of the studies suck i'll just admit it like i'm like (laughs) wow why did you why did you do the study like that that's terrible but like to to say like if i wanted to do one over back pain dude like maybe a quarter of my patients have back pain the rest of them have maybe neck pain so then i'm like okay well now i gotta narrow the parameters down to only my lower back patients and then I go, okay, well then how many of them are within this age range or whatever? And then, so I have to narrow it down so much that I eventually get to a point where my patient pool is so little for that specific study. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is not worth my time. Right. So it's very hard to do that and and to get repetitive. Every person is different. Everybody's body is different. Every single adjustment is different. So it's going to affect people in different ways. I don't know. I can go on and on about it, but it's just (laughs) interesting because we, you know, it's what what I get reamed over, right? And uh, But anyway. Right. I mean, I don't
0: know. No, you're good, man. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm, I'm just... My brain's just going and I'm like, yeah. And it, you know, <laughs> thinking of things just to keep the, the rant going because... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. One thing that comes to mind for me is this. I remember a surgeon telling me one time that surgery is a major trauma to someone's body. Oh, yeah. So... Why not try to find other ways first, beforehand, before you go to that major trauma? If you can get adjusted to make your back feel better, or you can get adjusted to um, help your mobility instead of having a surgery, then why wouldn't you go that route and save yourself from having that trauma on your body and the recovery time as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at it like this. Take a... um... Take a shirt, right, that you're wearing, and take that shirt and, and like dead center of it, you just put like a four or five inch gash down the middle of that shirt and uh-huh. then sew it back together. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not gonna be able to sew it back together exactly as it was. And it's gonna have it's gonna have tensions in different areas now. It's gonna pull differently on that fabric. Right. Well, think of it like your your body doing that, but multiple layers of that. Every time you cut through the body, you are you are doing that same thing through so many layers and you create scar tissue and you create changes in the body carry compensations. Um, I mean, I had, I had to have uh, umbilical hernia surgery. I lifted a a washer over my shoulder. That was stupid. Um, but I ended up having to get surgery for it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it was, dumb. but like I couldn't use my abdomen properly for, uh, a a few months and there's scar tissue there and I can feel that scar tissue. Now I'm, I'm better and I can, I, I work out still and, and all that stuff now, but Whenever I had the surgery, I was down, and so my body created compensations to me not being able to use those muscles properly, Right. and also creates muscle. It creates compensations now because of the scar tissue and how the, the fibers uh, and the uh, fascia don't properly line up. and And it's amazing how one little problem in one area of your body will trigger problems in another area of your body because they're pulling. It's uh-huh. like one little strand. You pull that one little strand, and it pulls some other piece. You know, so yeah i mean you 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 every time you every time you go into the body like that you are creating potential issues not necessarily that you are creating issues but potential issues right and if you can do it in a more natural way fantastic and and like i said before there's some times where you have to go into the body correct and i get that yes. But once you once you're cut on you're cut on and if you're uh-huh. doing it because you feel like you have to but it's not necessarily what you uh i do not say what you need but if that if that feels like your only route sometimes there are better options. And once you have surgery, you can't reverse it. You can't yeah. reverse the fact that you had your gallbladder out or that you, you know, had a spinal surgery or, or whatever. And right. so what happens is you end up, if you've ever seen one of those, like, uh, like dolls, I'm thinking of like, um, or, or like the Frankenstein dolls, right? The dolls have been ripped apart and sewn back together so many times mm-hmm. that they, they just, they, they, the legs aren't the right length. Yeah that, you know, the shoulder is a little forward where than it should be and, and the head doesn't sit just right. And yeah I'm, I, right now I'm thinking of a patient I have who had a um, first rib removed and I feel bad for the guy because his body recreates compensation every single minute of the day because he's missing a bone that provides support for yeah. um, you know certain muscle groups and his body continuously makes compensation. And so all we're working on day in and day out every time I see him it's fixing the compensation created from the surgery and and, you know it's sad i I hate that for him yeah but you know it happened and and because of you know not necessarily knowing and and all that and and i get it it's just i feel bad for the guy because he will forever live with that that scar that that issue right so um you know i look at the same thing with animals too so going back to the animal stuff um the reason i work on animals is to show people when i work on animals to so that you know, animals have a better living, uh, you know, they have a better life. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel like a voice for animals and stuff like that. But at the same time, I can show somebody, I took an animal that maybe uh, had a a lower back injury and I worked on it and it got better. It wasn't me giving a placebo. It wasn't me telling this dog over and over again, he was getting well and he just believed it. It wasn't, um, you know, I didn't pay him. I didn't. I didn't coax him into believing that he was better. The dog. I adjusted the dog. The dog tried to bite me. The dog hated me, and then the dog started walking again. Yeah. It's like that's not placebo. That just shows yeah. by working on this animal that an animal, even an animal that absolutely hates me, can get better. You can too. Yeah. And um, it's really cool. Uh, you know, if you if you're if you have an open mind to it. If you don't have an open mind to it, it just looks like I abuse animals. So, <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> I, I know there's been a few videos that I've seen where you you've almost gotten bit.
1: Oh yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of times. I I now use muzzles. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, I, I man, whenever I first started working on animals, I was like I'm invincible, and <laughs> I had I had a dog bite me once and draw blood. I had a dog bite an owner and draw blood. I had a cat. I was like, oh sweet cat, no problem. And I found one spot in its lower back. Oh my god, <laughs> I I adjusted this thing. And he sunk his teeth so far into my hand that his teeth touched inside oh, wow. my hand. top teeth and bottom teeth touched oh, inside no. my hand. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, okay, I am done with this. So I have <laughs> muzzles for every size of dog. I've got a cat muzzle. I've got a cat bag, which is basically like little bag that you 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 push put the cat in and it, it basically locks their legs down a little bit okay. so that they can't turn around and just claw the snot out of you um <laughs> and it and it restricts the range of motion in their neck so that they can't turn around and bite you because man you you pet a cat wrong and it's gonna or a yeah you pet a cat wrong and it'll turn around and, and sing its teeth into you exactly. imagine pushing on its spine in a spot that hurts right yeah. so yeah i've been bit too many times and i decided it's not worth it anymore man it's, it's all the small dogs really that really end up sinking their teeth into me lots of dachshunds and yeah. chihuahuas and
0: <laughs> well they have that little dog syndrome so they you know are a little oh, yeah. bit more vicious
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they're like I have to prove a point I have to prove a point yeah I, I've, learned. I've learned a little bit and I realize I'm not invincible and um, you know I do different things for a reason I, I choose to not have somebody help me with, with dogs because I realize that Sometimes they can create an atmosphere that's very, you know, uh, temperamental for them. So they get mad. Some dogs come in, they're already mad. So, right. um,
0: you know, well, if you it's were in a, pain, you'd be mad too. Sometimes, a,
1: yeah, exactly. You're like, I just want to bite everybody. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but that's one thing that I, I've said before. People ask me, like, what do you like working on better people or animals? And I'm always like, well, um, I don't know. My, my animals don't talk back, but my people don't bite, you know? So I'm kind of stuck <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. So you know, I've been punched once or twice, but uh, oh, I've gosh. never been bit by a patient. Yeah. I had a, I had a patient. I, I, uh, ballooned her like uh, I do a technique called CFR. It's a cranial facial release technique. And uh-huh. uh, basically I put a balloon up your nose into one of the crevices inside of your nose. And whenever I blow this balloon up, it'll actually push pressure against the, inside walls of your of your um nasal pharynx are basically the hallway between your nose and your throat it uh-huh. will put pressure on it and actually shift and move the uh the bones of the skull it, it's by a very very tiny amount but it is it's incredible it's an incredible technique but anyway i did this to this lady she stood up and just punched me right in the chest <laughs> and oh man it just wasn't i wasn't expecting it and i had another one I adjusted her neck and she just wasn't like, I guess she had never been adjusted like that before. Turn around, just socked me. And then it was oh, wow. just like, I am so sorry. It was a reaction. i was like, ah, it's, it's
0: okay. You know? Oh, wow. You're going to have to start wearing like padded gear or something like that for some of these people. Oh yeah. I, I'm,
1: <laughs> I've gotten quicker. I, I move,
0: move out of the way. quicker. <laughs> Learn uh, how to duck and weave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to take no, boxing classes on the side? That way you can learn how to dodge the hits and stuff that are coming your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have
1: to. I have to prep. No, it's funny because they, you know, we talk about um, about what we do, and it's it's a very physical job. So you know, working with animals. I'm I'm working on animals. Like the other day, I worked on a Clydesdale, and its its yeah. foot is bigger than my hand. And I'm not talking about like my fist. I'm talking about my hand being spread wide open. And I've got a decently large hand yeah, that it's, foot was way bigger than that. I mean, I have to work on these animals that are twice as tall as me and I have to manhandle them sometimes. And, you know, I work on dogs that I'm wrestling with sometimes, or, um, you know, I get patients, people that are, uh, you know, pushing three, 400 pounds uh-huh. and it, you know, it's, it's a very physically demanding job. And yeah. I have to make sure that my body is also, you know, in check so that I can continue to do this job for years to come. Cause I don't want to hurt myself in working on somebody or working on an animal, I, I have hurt myself working on horses. I I tore an ACL and uh, tore my meniscus in my knee and neither one of them uh, were, were surgery candidates. Like I said, I sometimes believe in surgery and neither one of them were candidates for surgery just because of where they were located and the depth and and all that stuff. And so I had to do rehab on this knee Mm -hmm. until, you know, until I felt like I could work on horses again. Right. And until then, you know, I'm, I'm around the office and, and all that. So I've had to do a lot to keep myself, you know, healthy whenever I'm working on these big, crazy animals and, you know, these sometimes big, crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> all right. So we're about to get here to an end on this and everything. So is there anything that you want to tell us that might be coming up?
1: Man, right now, so I just got finished with an interview with BuzzFeed. We have, are doing an interview with the Dodo uh, okay. next week. I don't have anything on the schedule as of yet, uh-huh. but I do feel like this this year just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We've had people ask us to, um, you know, go and teach in the Cayman Islands or go to Hawaii and teach or, or Spain. And we've had all these things and we don't necessarily have dates on any of them yet. Uh um we're still trying to get some of the basic stuff in our office done so that we can you know we want we want our office to kind of be like a machine a machine that can run very very efficiently so all we have to do are push a couple of buttons and and pull a few levers and everything else takes care of itself in the background and we're still trying to get there and once we do that then we're going to be doing a lot bigger things and i have been in contact with the lady that originally wanted me to go to africa and they want me to go back they want me to go to kenya oh wow and help with giraffes and stuff and when that happens i have no idea Uh um but we do have those opportunities and and i don't know what's going to happen or where god's going to take us but i know that this is just the beginning so i mean just like you man with this with this podcast like it's just about to get a whole lot better
0: oh yeah (laughs) that's awesome man i uh yeah I, I look forward to seeing where this goes for you because i feel it's going to be big as well all right so if people want to follow you online or they want to follow your uh your practice online or any of those things how can they do that
1: yeah so uh they can they can actually find my personal stuff so we have a couple different things but like uh tiktok would be dr jordan underscore whitley um, it, my instagram is dr jordan underscore whitley our office is oklahoma cairo Um, and that's Oklahoma C H I R O. Um, that's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so we run a couple of things under my name and we run a couple of things under the office, Uh we are looking at rolling out some YouTube stuff here in the near future and, uh, maybe some stuff on rumble as well, but yeah. So Dr. Jordan underscore Whitley or Oklahoma Cairo. And then our website is dot com, and we're located here in Edmond, Oklahoma.
0: Awesome. All right, man. Well, it's been awesome having you on and I'm definitely going to have you back on again because I still feel like we just barely brushed the surface of some of the subjects that we can talk about.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I could talk all night, but I know that you know podcasts are only so long, so <laughs> saving yeah. the info for the next visit, right? So. Exactly.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, it's good having you on.
1: Yeah, man. It has been fantastic. Uh, man, it's It's been an honor to to have you ask me. So I'm looking
0: forward to the next time. The honor is mine, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Talk to you later.
1: This is Jack and Joe from Durazzled, the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. It's not enough to just point out when a movie is bad. Which we do. Or to discover why the movie is so bad. Which we do. We go ahead and fix the whole damned thing. Yes, we do. Bad movies, good writing. A special brand of stupid. That's Durazzled. Durazzled. Find Razzled at your favorite podcast spot. We are sure to razzle dazzle
3: you. Oh
2: yeah yeah yeah. My name is Cat's Pajamas, a.k.a. Cat's PJs. I'm the host of a show called Creative Podcasts, where we talk all things music. Musicians, musicianship music, influences, music backstories, where the origins, where they come from, what do they do, what are they doing now? So if you into music, if you listen to music, come on over to Creative Podcasts, where all the cool cats. We'll talk about your favorite artists, your favorite songs, conspiracies to funny things. This, that, finger snaps, hand claps. All genres of music. Eclectic, electric, and nothing like you'd expect. It. So come on over to Creative Podcast and tune in, baby. I'll see you then.
0: everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Joran Whitley. I'm sure I'm going to have him on again in the future. We still had a lot of stuff that we didn't get to cover in this episode. So the next time I have him on, we'll have to get into those other subjects as well. Um, So I have a lot of pretty awesome people um, planned to come on the show here in this next week. As you're hearing this episode, I will be recording with Shotgun Dan Weber. He is a wrestler that I've seen in Crown Championship Wrestling twice now. I know that he also wrestles with Wrestling for a Cause, uh, which is uh, the promotion with the guy that I had on last week, Tim Rockwell. So if you guys want to tune in for that episode, that would be great. Um, It's a lot of fun here. We have a lot of exciting talks and conversations here, and I can't wait to have him on. I've got a few other ones lined up in the month of August. I've actually booked all the way out to November now. So I'm going to be keeping this busy. I've got tons of guests to come on the show. I think you guys are really going to like the people that I have coming this way. So if you guys want to continue to tune in, that would be great. And when you do hear this episode, why don't you uh, go ahead and go over there and rate it or review it. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Um, If you would like to get a hold of me, you can also do so by sending me an email, and my email address is giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to follow me on the social medias, you can do that as well. That way you can keep up to date with when new stuff comes out. You can find me on Facebook, and that's at i y g a d a p. It's the acronym for If You Give a Dad a Podcast. Or you can just look up If You Give a Dad a Podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, and that's at Give a Podcast. And then I'm also on Twitter, and that's DadPodcast11. I keep all of my stuff up to date on there. If you guys want to send something to me, that would be great. Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys. I look forward to bringing you guys more and more content. I'm excited about the guests I have coming on. I've got everything from counselors to wrestlers to musicians on here. So you're always going to have something new to listen to. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited to see what the future holds here. And I hope you guys come along for the ride. And for those who just tuned in just to hear Dr. Jordan Whitley, I hope that you stick around, stay along for the ride because we have some amazing guests on this show. So I'm going to bring this show to a close. Like I said, I'm very excited about what's going to happen in the future. I can't wait to bring next week's guest on to you. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Bye. Enjoyed our show. Come back next week.